This is Give Me Some Truth, a podcast from Walkner Condon Financial Advisors in Madison, Wisconsin. Give Me Some Truth is dedicated to providing an accessible and authentic view into the financial services industry, as well as current events and investment concepts that you can apply in your day-to-day life. You gotta leave your money behind you. Welcome back to Give Me Some Truth. Uh, we're here with Charlie Wills and Mitch and myself, Clint. And uh, today we're going to delve into a topic uh, that I think is really important because I was watching you on on Facebook, Charlie, and you always have such great social media ideas. And the newest one that you've chosen to try is really getting and cataloging all of your different failures that you've had, which I think is really interesting. So, uh, you know, start out with the premise and, and what brought you into looking into your own failures. So, yeah, this is a journey that... Um it was actually my business coach. Um, he, he noticed that like some of the impact that wasn't there, whether it's home, friends, uh, with uh, employees or teammates, uh, he said, I think you're not making an impact as well because they don't think you fail. And I was like, what? I fail all the time. He's like, they don't know that. Wow. You're always the one correcting. You're the always the one adjusting. They don't know that you actually screw up. And I was like, oh, yeah, that's a really good point. I've, I thought I shared those, but I probably didn't because I don't even think of them as failures. Like when something happens, I just go, yeah, well, mess that up. Got to redo it or I'm going to adjust this way. And I've done it for so long that uh, I don't even, it doesn't even like hit me as a failure. So it was really actually really hard to remember deeper failures like, or like micro. Um, I, I, I remember the big ones cause those are, you, you don't let those go, right? Like you think about those really, really, really well. But, um, but the micro ones on the daily basis, um, I have to write them down. So now I'm writing down my micro daily failures. So like, um, I'll give you an example. Like for me, I, th- I think about like uh, the seven wheels of life. I think it always, I call it the seven wheels of life or the seven spokes to the wheel of life. So family, friends, faith, um, your love life, your money, and you, you got those big basics, right? And every day there's somewhere that you probably failed. And where was it and how do you adjust to it? And so then it was just at me reminding myself that yeah, the video I posted last week was um, when you have a failure, keeping it in perspective, right? Just because you fail doesn't make you a failure. And that's, I think, a big misconception that a lot, I see a lot of kids um, um, have that m- misdirection when they fail because they believe it's something internal to themselves. They're the reason that it, that the failure's happening, not that it was just a failure, right? It's just a thing that happened and you got to learn from it. So I'm trying to post it to give knowledge, right? To have that part of it because I think there's some mental illness with like anxiety and other things because I don't think it's framed right. I think it was, it's always, it has been perceived since I've been around that it's this negative piece and I never thought it was negative. Oh, and then the other part of it is that then people move to a strategy of avoidance, Correct. Instead of learning from it and accepting it and knowing that's a part of life, right? Yeah. Yeah. And the more you learn of how many people that are what we consider super successful, I mean, the big, the one that always like cracks my mind is Benjamin, or uh, not Benjamin Franklin, um, Edison. Edison. Sorry. Yeah. Thank you. Edison, 100 and what, 67 different prototypes or whatever it was. Like, I don't remember the number, but it's funny that you mentioned that because I was thinking of the exact same person <laughs> as you were starting to go down that. <laughs> it's nuts, right? Like, think about that. If I got like 10 light bulbs in, I'd probably like, ah, screw it. I'm out, right? I'm done. I'm not, I'm not the light bulb guy. But he was like, 
oh, well, I learned from this. Oh, I learned another thing. Oh, I learned this. And he finally got the idea of the light bulb because he saw somebody create a vacuum in a completely different lab. And it was like, oh, I have to create a vacuum in order for the you know that energy to stay in there. A so, light bulb moment, some yeah, would say. Right. <laughs> yeah. mm, wow, good, good. <laughs> a lot of today that we're going to get. Um, so that that's what it was for me is that I noticed it from my business coach saying something and then it was like, oh yeah, I, pro- I, I need to talk about it because I fail plenty and um, I'll share all those different perspectives and sometimes it's you know little stories that made me better or how to think about it or how to reframe it or what to consider when you do fail. Like that's what I'm trying to bring up every week is there's always something, uh, a part of failure that needs to be talked about. So I always bring up that and then I try to use a personal story so it makes it more realistic. Yeah, another example that I'm thinking of too is Michael Jordan. So one of my good buddies growing up had this poster on his wall of Michael Jordan and the whole idea of the poster was how many times he's failed. And there are all these numbers and stats. And Charlie, of course, you're a basketball guy. And some of the stats were, you know, X amount of times, I don't remember the number, X amount of times that I was trusted to take the game winning shot, dot dot dot, and missed. And this is Michael Jordan, you know, we always remember game six against the Jazz, the crossover shooting it from the elbow and winning the game, right? That's what we remember. But then there were the the probably dozens and dozens of times that he was trusted to make that shot. Maybe not at that stage always, but he missed, right? And mm-hmm. and look where Michael Jordan stands in the ranks of the all-time greats. Yeah, and that's absolutely it. I for again, for me it's um every little thing that happens, you can take a pause from something, think about it and then re- readjust. So my whole part with releasing the videos and the and the um, the memo behind every one of them, I don't want to call it a blog because I haven't even gotten that far to be that that good at the the media side of it. But I just write a little blurb with every time I post a video, and it's just to give more thought behind what I'm trying to give a video. So I'm trying to shorten those because I was making them like four minute videos, and I'm like, eh, I gotta shorten those about two. So there's a failure because <laughs> um, somebody's like, oh, you're not a cute puppy or a kid, so you need to like shorten those up. And I was like, yeah, good point. Good point. So, yeah, what what other things were you thinking? Or, well, I think that uh, you know when I think about that, do you find that to be cathartic when you're writing those all down or thinking about all the failures? Do you think that's that's easy? F- does it make things easier for you, or is it uh, something? I would think that after a while, you might build it all up, and it would be um, it would you know produce that sort of anxiety that you have there when you're mm. kind of trying to catalog it all. Oh, if you're trying to like remember all those things, and you're like, dang, I really sucked. No, uh, for me, I don't. I guess I don't think about that way because once something's done and I don't know if this is my personality, male brain, I don't know. Like I can literally just be like, delete next. Not that I delete the whole experience, but I delete having to even worry about it because there's no point of being anxious about not completing that thing. Uh, I also think it's my personality that in a stressful situation, I'm a fighter, not a flighter. So for me, I just bear down and I go right at something. And so I think that part of my personality allows me to fight right through that. So it does have some weight when you look at different personalities and you have to consider that. So, um, you know, I think about, um, like somebody who does have high anxiety. So I know people in my family, uh, have that and man, they can't function right on very specific things. And so I have to approach that topic a lot different. Well, just do this, do it right. They don't, they're like, what? No, that, that doesn't even come across their, that is not even a possibility. It's not in their reality to even think that way. So 
Um, that is probably going to be one of my next few things I talk about because I don't think that's a one video type deal because it, it is my perspective based on my personality. But also I know that I'm not the only one. That well, has people are fighting that sort of reptilian portion in their brain, that Correct. fight or flight, right? So mm-hmm. you've been conditioned to be more of a fighter, right. um, you know, and some people are, are just not built that way yeah like you like you alluded to so that's i mean that's interesting i guess i haven't thought about it too much i I think that you know for my myself when i internalize it i I think of um you know when you talk about loss avoidance and you talk about trying to just avoid painful situations and then also not having that sort of self-awareness and i think that's one thing that that i've tried to do better about myself is just have a little bit more um acceptance in yourself that you don't know yourself. You can't see yourself. You know, your own perception of yourself is completely misguided in many cases. And so getting over that part of it, that's a, that's a big failure of my own is that I can't, it's hard for me to, to sit in this chair next to me and look at myself and objectively look at it. And I think a lot of people struggle with that, but that's, that's something that, that I struggle with myself. You know, my wife helps correct that sometimes. <laughs> Our wives are all very good I, at that. I think she's yeah. very good at that, and I really need her to do that, you know, because, you know, especially when you're one of the top people in your own organization, we have a small organization, and one of the co-founders, and it's like, you know, you can get very myopic in that way, and, you know, people won't take you to task and tell you that something's wrong sometimes. Yeah. You know, they'll be like, hey, man, you're you're totally screwing this up. I think that sometimes you get that editing and you don't have that, that sort of open conversation. Yeah. And it's great to, that you bring that part up because in our team, we highly believe that no one's, um, separate of that truth. And so it is harder, I think, because of my physical stature. This is something that, um, I've learned through the years too, is that I can come into a room and dominate that room by just literally entering. And I didn't really notice that. Um, or understand what that looks like because I was just like, oh, I'm just normal. I'm like you guys. I'm, you know, I'm just a human, another human being in the room. And uh, I went to some leadership training a couple years ago up in Green Bay. Uh, great organization, by the way. Uh, Initiative One up in Green Bay. Um, teach, do a really good job of teaching leadership. Well, when I was sharing examples, he's like, hold on, hold on. The guy, the guy that runs the whole program, Dr. Fred Johnson, he's like, do you know you're six nine, two hundred and sixty pounds? Like he d- he said that to me, and I was like, "What?" And I'm like, "Yeah, of course." And he's like, "No, no, no, no. Do you know that if you saw yourself walk into that room and you weren't six nine, and that wasn't actually in your own brain, you just controlled the room by entering it?" And That's one hundred percent true, by the way. And I was like, "What? No." And he, he was like, "Go to another room and just realize what happens when yeah. you enter that room." And it, it got me thinking, like. Wow, I really have to give per- people permission to actually challenge me because I don't think they would because that's just there. And I don't even know that it's there because it's just a thing, right? Like I grew up, I've always been this big, it's just who I am. So that means nothing, but it does mean something, right? So like you said, yeah. looking out, looking at yourself, no clue. If somebody took a picture of you and some 5'2 girl talking to you, you'd see what that authoritative Somebody just thing did this is, last right? weekend at the um uh, Maryland game. So older guy, never met him, right? Wanted a picture, took one with me. And uh, the guy that was taking the picture, I actually know, just a friend of a friend kind of a deal, but he tagged me, right? And I looked at it like a couple days later and I was like, oh my God, 
Like, no, he wasn't that short, right? Like my <laughs> visual, but he was. That guy was up to like the underneath of my chest and it looked like he was a small child. Just like Mitch and I do, right? We're standing <laughs> yeah, next to exactly. him. <laughs> I mean, I'm, I'm, rel- I'm closer to 5'2", Cliff, than I am to 6'9". Yeah. <laughs> so that's also something from like, you talk about failure is not recognizing that. That's, it's not really... Like, I don't take it personal. It doesn't affect me that I fail at that, but I don't recognize it as often, right? So, like, in talking, like, when you think about a personal side of it, like, if you talk to your children, how, like, does that feel and look? Because I remember when my dad, when I grew up, right, I thought my dad was a giant, right? So did I, yeah. He's six six, three hundred pounds, right? Like, I'm not saying a word. Whatever my dad tells me I'm doing, right? And I look at my son, and I'm like, I have to think about that, like how, the tone that comes across, how you look at them, how you handle that. And now I've really, every time I talk to him, I come up and I kneel down and I get right like close to him because I want him to know that, you know, we need to be on somewhat of a similar level, right? Because I don't want it to seem like a, it's coming at him. So like, that's crazy because I would have never thought about that if it wasn't for all of this exploration of thinking about it deeper. So it's, it's nuts. And I'm sure it'll keep growing as I keep uh, releasing these videos and thinking about it more, there'll be more conversations about it. And then I'll be like, Ooh, that's another good topic. Right. So yeah, I'm excited to keep talking about it because it's, I don't have the PhD psychology side of what that looks like, but I have enough experience to say like, here's what I think it is. And here's how we frame it. I think we just need to change it. Just if we have the conversation of how to change failure and how to have that conversation of when someone fails, how to react versus like the negative reaction that a lot of people take, I think it'll reframe what it does to people. Um, and I think it'll calm that anxiety. And so in athletics for you, I mean, what was one moment that you really felt like you failed and how did you deal with that? Mm. Um, man, that's a good question. Um, there was a game was in high school. I do remember, I don't remember all the details, but uh, my dad and I were talking about that. I was telling him that I was going to do this and he of course was able to re- recite quite a few failures um <laughs> which is great right that's why you ask people i was like all right i did the same thing i wanted to call everybody on the phone because i didn't want to meet in person because i didn't want them to feel intimidated so i called every person and said this is open this is free i'm not judging any of the comments i want to hear your thoughts right and at first my sister's like oh no i don't really met right my sister was like pretty standoffish about the whole thing at first and then i told her what dad said and she's like oh yeah well that reminds me right and she (laughs) floodgates open so i didn't do any of these in person because i didn't want them to feel pressure like they couldn't say something to my face um so the biggest sports one was in high school um it was something to do and i'll just give the example is that on my team I had a great supporting staff of guys that i played with like I, i i really enjoyed playing with them but nobody that like went the next level like everybody was great high school players um and i don't remember anybody going i I think there was a some smaller like d3 kind of like that kind of stuff but nobody went d1 so like for me i always felt like i had a whole bunch of pressure like i had to perform every night no matter what it was it was typically scoring 30 plus points it was always knowing that i had to defend whoever and so like i had a terrible shooting night um I didn't pass the ball well. You know, I had a lot of turnovers. Like it was just one of those nights that literally just failed. Like every angle, I couldn't figure out the game that night. And so on the way home, my dad was really good at 
when he knew that I was really upset that I did a terrible job at something, he didn't like beat it like, like a dead horse. He would just like be quiet about it and let us kind of talk. And we got about three quarters of the way home and I was like, I want to go to the gym. And he was like, nah, it's midnight. We're not going to the gym. Cause we were driving back from, you know, most of our games were 45 to an hour away because we were in a really small town. So we had to kind of drive to everything. Um, and so I just kept like, I started getting upset, like physically upset. I'm like, we're going back to the gym. We're working on all of this different stuff. And he's like, okay, okay, okay. I got a key. It's great. We'll go back to the gym. So I like, I missed almost every free throw. I couldn't hit my jump shots. My post moves were bad. Um, I turned the ball over a lot, right? Like just little things. And so like, I just worked out, I worked out for like two and a half hours. Like I literally just got him in the basketball game was so pissed off. I came back to the gym and finally my dad's like, Hey, like I gotta get up at in like three hours and go to work. We're going home. You did a great job, like analyzing what you did, but it's time to go home. And I was still not satisfied. And it was one of those things that I was like, no, why don't you just go home? I'll walk home. Right. And I was just like super fired up about the whole thing. And he finally just grabbed my shoulder and he's like, you didn't do as bad as you think you did. Right. Like, yeah, you had a bad game, but you need to stop. Right. Like, cause he could see how I was obsessing. And that's another part of failure that when you have a failure, you can dip into obsession. And I was, you know, grateful enough to have a dad to say like, whoa, all right, I'm cool with jumping on board of you doing a little extra work and being motivated to be better than what you just did last night. But now you're, now you're, now you're going down a bad path. Now you need to stop. So I'm glad I had that part, but it was, it was bad. It was one of those like sports experiences that I still don't like forget because it was that bad. I played that bad. Yeah. I think you, uh, you did all right in the end. Yeah. Right. <laughs> but that motivation always helps. A hundred percent. Yeah. If you didn't have that drive and wanted to fix it, or you would have said the hell with it. Right. I mean, you, or I didn't, yeah, I didn't have the drive to do it. I could have not gotten better. Um, what if I, what if I, um, didn't believe I failed, right? Denial, right. Which could be worse than, fa- I, to me, it's worse than failure. Um, well, it was my teammate. It wasn't me. Right. And I took it out as a me versus them kind of a deal and that could go bad. So I'm glad I internalized it, but then there's only so much and you gotta, and I think I posted last week, you gotta reflect with those around you that you trust, because if you don't reflect around with those that you trust, you're going to lose perspective because it's too easy. Like you said, it's too easy to not to, you wouldn't be objective if you're looking at yourself, but Mitch and I can sit across the table and let you know objectively like what we see not a way to beat you down but just objectively say like hey you need to you know check on this this or that and that's another reason why you have a business coach now right right that i mean i i got a business coach seven years ago somewhere in there six seven years ago um decided to hire one didn't like what the direction it was going but i signed a two-year contract uh with that group and then um took a year off and it was still good, but it wasn't a great year, right? Because, I, again, I didn't have somebody being able to analyze me. And then the last two, going on my second year now with the same guy and phew, night and day, right? Somebody who, so I think if you're going to hire somebody, always go two or three levels above you and go find somebody who's operating at such a level that they can, they can instantly see what you're good or bad at and how to analyze that piece. So for me, this guy's, you know, his company closes 300-some units a, a year. Wow. Yeah. 10, seven agents and like four support staff. So not that many more than what we've currently got in, on our team. And then you look at like how they, how, like how systematic and how like 
everything is like got this flow. It's unbelievable, right? And that's where I want us to get to, if not not necessarily to grow as a team, but just the flow, like the connection. So he's able to just sit there and just tweak, 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 right? He never gives me these massive things to have to go do. It's always a, well, just do that. And I'm like, well, that's it, right? And But over, this is now my second year. It's like, that's all you need to do. It's all incremental change. It's and all. then it's exponential growth, right? Yes. Yep. I feel like we're doing that all the time here. Yes. Yeah, it's all these incremental changes. We're always trying to make ourselves better every single day. Yep. And fiddling with Facebook advertising all week, you know, just, <laughs> I was, I was fiddling and I'm still fiddling and I'm trying to figure it out because I don't, I don't have a lot of background in it. So I'm just trying to work it out, you know? And it's incremental. And sometimes you just need to even hire somebody as a consultant just for an hour or two and show them what you're doing. And then they might just like blow your head off with like 18 things you did wrong. And if you just tweak those, your marketing would be this much better, right? So that's that's what we did on a lot of things. Like we were we were doing our own branding and marketing, and then I just decided to hire a firm. I was like, look, we need to like, it's great. I have a marketing person, but let's go another step. Like, who are we trying to hit? Why are we trying to hit them? Where should we be posting? How often should we? Right? Like, and I, I didn't know those answers. So you hire somebody, pay them a little bit of money. That that's all they do all day is analyze those marketing and advertising opportunities. And yeah, they just came up with all this different stuff that we should do. Little things. Uh, you know, your name on your website's this, but then on your social media, it's this. Ah, yep. You're right. It should be exactly <laughs> the same, right? Like, yeah. Um, you, when we were talking about failure, the other one that really stands out was college. So it's kind of tied to sports, but because the reason I was there or got to college and got the ride I did was because of sports, but the failure and um, I haven't, I don't think I've written this one yet, or maybe I have. Uh, yeah, I think I've shared this. And I, this has not been shared a lot. So this is, this is a tough one because this, this like exposes you um, because inside of it, you can be hidden pretty easily. Like um, grades can be hidden pretty easily by athletics. So I came here and I think in high school it was three, six, I think. So not, not amazing, but good student. And I wouldn't say my habits were very good at like how to study and all that stuff. But when you come to university like this, I'm like, that's ah, like high school, right? It's, do your work, do some problems and study a little bit and you'd be fine. Well, that's not how that works uh, here in college. I <laughs> quickly found out. Well, not really quickly because you have to wait like a quarter of your semester and then... I went through the same thing. <laughs> first <laughs> first semester of college. Oh, this is different. <laughs> yeah. I didn't even get to that semester because they analyze us in the breaks so that they call them quarters. So we, in, in the middle of each semester, we get analyzed on our where we are. The, all the professors have to either give real grades or projections of and so then that goes to the, the, the coaches, right? So I didn't have real set grades, but like they already knew where I was heading. And it was in a bad place. I'm only smiling because it's, it's, it's over. It's over and it's embarrassing, but it's like I know the ending to it. Um, but I got a 1.2. Or at that quarter break, I had a 1.2. And um, instantly in my brain, I, all I thought about is everybody I let down. I let down my teammates from high school who helped, you know, helped me get to here. I let down my parents. I let down my coaches. I let down my current teammates. I let down my professors. And it actually like dove me like right into like a mini depression because like um, I focused so heavily of everybody I let down, not what I could do to change it, that it, it just like got me in this huge funk quick. Like I wanted to quit basketball. I wanted to quit the university. I wanted to go home. I didn't want to go out. I didn't want to leave my room. Like 
I, I called my dad and I'm like, oh, you can come get me. I think I'm done. And he's like, he just hung up on me. Every time I'd say something, he'd just hang up. I'm like, I'm calling you to talk to you, right? Like, and I thought at the moment, like, I just need somebody to hear me and, and just deal with it, right? Just be my dad and just deal with it. And he's like, no, you're 18 and you're at college. You're going to figure it out. But again, wrong skill set, in my opinion, of like how you deal with that, <laughs> like as a parent. But, um, but I, I love my dad because I, that's who helped create me. But like, what it finally got me to realize was that's all on me to fix. Yes, I let these people down, but you're going to let them down even further if you quit. So you can control that. And so all I really did was like, I went in um, the Fetzer centers where all student athletes go to get um, um, help with their, with their studies. So you can get tutors, they have extra sessions to go do training for your books, right? You have the athletic training, but you have mental training for your books. So you just told, you just shared your schedule with them. And then they said, all right, here are all your tutors and different people that will be there from six o'clock to 10 PM. So it just depended on whenever our practice got done. And then I would just line up all these tutors hour by hour. And then I'd left the last hour to like finish any little things I did. But I, you know, 10 o'clock I'd get home. Right. But I would just, I grunt. I was like, there's no way I'm failing. I talked to every professor, every TA, what do I do? What's extra? How do I make, right? I was just all in. And I think, um, I think I finished with a uh, 375 um, because I was like, I'm not letting this fail, right? And I'm not like these kids that can just show up to class and then like get A's. Like I'm getting B's and I tried really hard, right? Like I went all in. So, um, so anyways, like that journey reminded me of like how bad it can get depending on your age, like and what you can do mentally to yourself um, when those opportunities are in front of you. You know, you can just quit and leave. Like that, that was an option. But that then defines you um, and how you're going to handle all those situations. So wow, that's a great story. Yeah. Thanks for sharing. Yeah, I mean, no, that's great. <laughs> that's great. Mitch, do you have a, a failure that you'd like to share at all? Yes. So I'm not as great of a storyteller as Charlie. So <laughs> I apologize up front. But long-winded. There, there are so many failures that, and and then you you move beyond all these things, right? It, it doesn't define me as a person, like we already discussed. It doesn't mean I am a failure, but along the way, there's a lot of different things that feel like a failure at the time because you set a goal and maybe you don't reach that goal. So a recent one that I can think of was from November and I'll I'll relate it to Charlie too. It's athletic related and it's marathon related. Charlie and I both ran a marathon in November, the Madison marathon. It was maybe the first or second week in November. It was kind of cold. It was, I think, in the high 20s that day. Yeah, it was bitter. It was cold. And I always kind of wonder, why did they schedule a marathon in November? I don't don't know. I don't know the answer to that question. But as I'm going and setting up my training schedule, probably middle of last summer, summer 2018, and you come up with kind of a three- to four-month plan on how you're going to actually do this marathon because I have never done a marathon before. And I don't really know why I picked three and a half hours for my time, but that was the time and the goal that I set out to achieve. And I came up with a plan. There's plenty of things online that you can find for running schedules and when you should take your breaks and and rest and things like that. So had a plan, had a schedule, had a goal. And you you see where this is going. I I didn't meet that goal, right? I ended up, we were, we were within a minute of each other. I think I looked it up and we actually might've been 
you beat me by like 10 seconds. Oh, wow. I didn't even know that. I was so yeah. out of my mind. What, what was your time? Because my, t- my goal, I guess. 340 something, right? No, like, you were 330. Was I? 336 was what I came in as. So, so I was six minutes behind okay. my, my And goal. I was mad because I set 332, right? Yeah. But you had a bum foot. I blew my thigh out. So I had to like drag my left leg and I was like, I am not stopping. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> That's and, the determination side of me. <laughs> and, and this was a first time marathon for you as well, right? Yeah, right. it was. Yeah. yeah. So, so first time marathon and I picked it and, and I didn't get my goal in six minutes over a three and a half hour time frame isn't terrible, but I still missed my goal. And going into the race, I said, this is going to be my only marathon coming out of the race. I will probably run another one at some point because I didn't get my goal, right? Yeah. And I want to overcome what seemed to be a failure, but I think next time as I, I pivot and maybe it's in, in the way I train, maybe it's in the way I eat, maybe it's the, the way I prepare that week of how I stretch. I don't know what it's going to be, but there's probably a good chance that I'm going to try to do that again at some point. So you think that in the end, uh, if we look at objectively how this all broke down, that you think that you failed perhaps more in some sort of planning aspect up to the race, which caused perhaps your injury, things like that. There's a failure of one of those little spokes of that sort of wheel that you needed to do, right? Correct. And, and I don't, there's probably a few things that I can point to. And if you, the little tweaks that we talked about, if you you tweak a little bit here, tweak a little bit there, that, that becomes part of your, your training throughout a three to four month period. I'd like to think I can shave off six minutes pretty sure i also it's again framing right i mean what an incredible accomplishment for both of you to run a marathon and both of you are saying i failed at achieving the time that i wanted to achieve Mm. which in the end only you set that goal right the goal is really to finish you know if you're looking the goal is to finish especially for first-time marathoners well and also we set this arbitrary number when we had no idea we both set 330 and nothing actually we never (laughs) talked so isn't that interesting that first time and we're like yeah 330 and it's like uh, the guy that was training me kept going, mm-hmm. Like he didn't never confirmed or thought it was great. But he kept going, okay, mm, sounds good, right? But he knew, no way, it's not happening. Not because I wasn't capable, just just finish, man. Yeah, just get it all in, know that you can do it, and then next time you train. So yeah, same thing. I got done with that race, a million things through my mind, like why did it happen? What happened? I ate perfect, I didn't drink, I did this, I did that, blah, blah. Saw a professional, right? Went to a PT, and they're like, oh, did you know that you probably, did you did you lift and do your training on your glutes and do the, well, no, I didn't. Boom. That's what happened. I lacked the training and doing like um, the, the keeping all the muscles around your leg strong. So glute, thigh, hamstring, hip flexor, lower back, like all that stuff's in a big chain and connected. And because that was weak, it left the rest of it to fail. There you go analyzed, found it out. And now I've been training super hard um, in my basement just because it's been so cold the last couple months um, or weeks um, that I've been doing a ton of that strength training and I went and ran today and I felt like a million dollars. Like I went and ran and my legs felt good. I got done, I looked up and I was like, ooh, eight tens. Wow. I haven't ran that speed since the marathon. Um, and I was like, I felt really good. I had no leg pain, right? My thigh was back to being normal. And it was like, there we go. And I got jacked up too. I said, all right, I'm running another marathon. Right? <laughs> <laughs> like, I'm in. There it is. 
there 41. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe you guys will both be running 330 or less next time. Well, I think you know? Mitch gets a penalty for being, what, 30, what? Oh, I'm not even 30. Okay, so he definitely gets <laughs> yeah, a big I'm, negative. I'm 29. Oh, boy. Yeah, you get like a like a minute or two minute penalty or something like right like okay. on the end of the time i think it, it looked like a one minute difference between our times but it was like a 10 minute difference <laughs> yeah. no yeah. Just that's kidding. fair that's fair <laughs> i don't know kidding. if you noticed but you know i, I started working out over at uh a carbon world health down the down the way and i'm I, you know i'm 42 so you know you start doing that stuff and you start to feel your age talk about failure you know the first few days you just feel like you're going to die literally like <laughs> i was going back and forth going about am i going to pass out and i'm going to puke you know like those are the things that i'm working out when i'm doing this and then it gets easier mm-hmm. um or it gets different I, maybe it's more tolerable but i don't know when you go back to you know really really pushing your body hard you start to get used to what that feels like and that it's not as hard right mm-hmm. i mean you remember well, doing gassers and all this other stuff right i mean yeah but suicides. also how long was the last time you did something like that that intense. It's been a while, you know, yeah. I was always, I've always been active, you know, but I've, I've never been on that level of, you know, uh, athletic, uh, you know, stuff that sort of, you know, just going super hard. It's mm-hmm. been a long time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, it is. I mean, I've, how many years have I done that stuff? And every time you take that time period off and go right back. Yeah. As you get older, it's like, Ooh, those joints ache more. The muscles hurt longer and you have to just be more diligent. Right. So I've noticed like, is it's uh it's the additional nutritions so it's what vitamins are you taking are you taking your cod liver oils are you drinking enough water right like just really it's simple but it's like those little little pieces man they made a huge difference yeah and my whole thing is like i want to hit like and keep like a specific like i love running so i want to keep doing it so i want to keep doing the training right the extra workouts so you know for me it's like trx because you can get really good uh angles and burnouts with a TRX rope and that's 20 or 30 minutes a day and I can do that in my basement, which is nuts. Right. So it's, it's fun. It's fun to tweak that stuff and then come up with new goals and become crazier. Your wife thinks you're nuts because I'm out, I'm <laughs> oh, out yeah. doing it again, <laughs> but yeah, it's, it's good. It's good to analyze that stuff. That's good. Well, uh, a couple of failures that, uh, that I'd like to share. I mean, number one, um, you know, I, I think going back to your college thing, it's interesting about college, how it kind of colors the rest of your life. And, uh, you know, I, I think the biggest failure that I had in college was not taking it seriously enough. You know, I was one of those kind of, I had enough natural talent where when I got into college, I was pretty like, I was pretty confident and I, I didn't really ever study very much. Mm -hmm. And, uh, so, you know, I ended up like out with a, I think I ended up with a two, eight or two nines. I think I had two nine when I was all said and done, you know, and it's like, you look back at it and you're like, I could have done better than a two nine like that. That's a failure in my book. And it is a failure to, uh, really to my parents because I took it for granted because they, they paid for my college. Uh, and I'm forever thankful for that. And I stayed, I did four and a half years in an internship. So I stayed five years in the school and you know, it was, I, I gave a very mediocre or what I thought now, now maybe this is the perception that I have now being 42 going through what I went through. And I said, I put through a mediocre effort, then compared to the effort that I put together now. So maybe it's something where I'm not comparing the two, right? Maybe I was, as you said, maybe it was good enough at the time, but I don't feel like it was. Mm. So that's definitely a failure there. And I think it was a failure more so from the standpoint that I didn't have the appreciation of my parents sacrificing to pay for my way through college. Yeah. Like that's the biggest failure in the whole thing. But also the perspective it gets gives you now 
in reflection because if that ever comes about or some situation like it, not that your parents are paying for something, but let's say, I don't know, maybe you go get your MBA, right, in finance. And then you know I can't be a slack and I'm not going to do that again, right? Like, A, it's probably on your dime this time. But <laughs> but also it's you have the perspective of I now know what it takes, right? Now you know you can't let down because you know what it takes to get to that level, right? Mm-hmm. And that's what's great about failure. You can either just keep repeating and now you got a different problem, right? And that's also one of the topics I'll bring up that that you can just keep hitting the same thing. And that's just probably do do because you got too much pride on the on the uh, on the platform, right? You're unwilling to allow outside counsel people to help you through the problem um, and talking about the problem, right? If you keep failing at the same thing, just talk about it with somebody. Sure, they'll be able to give you perspective of something, right? There's always that worth somewhere, right? Whether you're willing to listen, but yeah, it'd be interesting. I don't know what that next thing is for you, but I'm wondering if like through your journey since college, there's probably been other opportunities that you've hit, Clint, that you've been able to look at that experience in college and been able to like really dive into that. I think you're right. And I think one of the things that I'm working towards is being a better mentor to the people here. Mm. Um, you know, I, I know that sometimes I get too ensconced in my own work and I, I try to, you know, I'm always trying to do and better the firm, but I think I need to spend more time with the people here, including Mitch and Keith and, and others to help, um, to help them in their careers. And then I've got to do something myself to try to make myself better too. Right. But, um, you know, I, I've got to do more than that. And I think the other thing that failure that always stands out to me was in 2007, I was sitting in, it was, uh, it's like kind of early to mid 2007 and I was sitting in a meeting and I had, uh, I had listened to, uh, some economists the previous day and I had been doing a lot of research and reading and, uh, these clients stepped into my office and they, and they said, I'm reading a lot of things about subprime loans. And I think these things are going to be a big problem. And I very confidently said to them, uh, this whole subprime stuff, this is much to do about nothing, you know? And I couldn't have been more wrong in my career. And because they weren't educated in finance and everything, I kind of discarded their opinion. And I'll never forget that in my career because I, I, that was a complete failure by myself to recognize that other people, even though they might not be trained in the same discipline I'm trained, might have an idea that might be so prescient at the time and so honest and from a definite disinterested third-party look and they know something that I don't know and I should accept that and accept that that opinion could actually be fact. Could have a little weight, right? Yeah. Either it's truth or it has some weight towards the truth. Yeah, that's that's interesting. Um, yeah, there's definitely moments where I feel the same thing. And that's what I like to share with my team now is, you know, this is what happened. We were talking negotiations. I was considering these factors, blah, 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 right? And this is what happened, but I should have done, right? And so they're like, wait, but you want, you know, they, they see the winning part of that. But I I can analyze that sometimes your wins aren't always just wins, Sometimes there's there's a failure or micros that you can change in that win, right? That's how the Michael Jordans got so good, is that he took the win, but then he took the win and he analyzed the win and then he went further with it. So there's another part with failures that sometimes they're disguised as wins, right? Sometimes you can win, and it's not a win. Um, and so that's another that'll be another piece that we're gonna ta- or I'm gonna talk about on these on these releases is that it's not always about how again it's how we phrase it right like in America we phrase you've won or you've lost not the failures in there right that that's how they define that failure failures losing winnings winning where wait there's actually 
failures in all of them somewhere, right? You can always find something to get better at. But learning from all those failures is absolutely the key and yeah. and not and not giving up and not, you know, taking the easy path. You got to go through that mm-hmm. all that pain, that soreness when you're running, that uh those things that are painful to hear when you just sit there and you go I can't believe that that person just told me that, but they're absolutely correct. I mean, that's just, yeah. have you ever had someone say that to you? Something that's been so, that's just like gone through your soul and oh, you yeah. just know that they're right. Oh yeah. And sometimes you just, you, you can fluff it off as like, well, they don't know what they're talking about or whatever. And then bam, it comes real. And you're like, oh boy, I was a jerk um, for not paying attention to that or listening, like you said. Um, and that's just a way to learn. And I, for me, I'm so... Like beyond, like when I was younger, I think I would just look at that and be like, "Bad, whatever." I just blow it off. But now I feel so big about like calling that person or saying something to that person and being like, "You were absolutely right," and I ignored you, and you know, I should have, I should have heeded more of what you were trying to share, right? Like, I think that's also with a little wisdom as you get a little older is that you realize that it's okay to also then take that failure and admit that you did it wrong or admit that you didn't get all the way there, and that's okay. That's actually stronger than the denial piece. Or to act like it didn't happen. In my opinion, it is. It's stronger to say like, all right, hey, man, I screwed up. Yeah. I did it the wrong way. My bad. I know. Or how I talked to you wasn't the exact way I wanted to, and that was my fault. So I'll do better next time, right? I think that's, I think a, a lot of that, because they're in our lives so often, it's it's our wives, you know, help us with that now. And I think that that allows you to take that step back. Like, you know, my, my wife said to me one time, you know, and it was a huge failure by myself, but she just said, Look, you know, when you were starting Walking Condon and everything, you never once sat there and asked me, you know, hey, do you, is this, is this all right that we're going this direction? Hmm. And never asked her. I never asked her like, hey, can we, can we do this? Do you think we can make this work? We're all a team, everything like that. I just did it, right? Yeah. And so fortunately, we're still here <laughs> and everything's going great. But I never once thought that failure was an option. And that's the whole weird part about when you start a business like this. You just go, you're you're so myopic and you're going, failure's not an option and I'm not going to fail and I don't have to ask anybody permission. I don't have to do anything and I'm just going to go do it. Yeah. And we did. Nate and I did it. And we look back at it now and go like, what were we thinking? <laughs> like, <laughs> right? Wow. Yeah. Would I do that again? And not in the same way. No. But. Yeah. No. Yeah. Think about like that ripple effect of what, you do even further, right? Like whether it's your partner or you're in some situation and you just make a, a dictatorial like statement or direction of something, right? But we do it because you're afraid. Typically, there's there's fear that's driving the 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 need to not fail, right? So it's whether it's the fear of like you being called out that you didn't make it, it's your own pride, whatever it may be. That fear is driving that, and then you drove right through it, thinking that you were you're going above it, right? But you're yeah, actually decisive. Yeah. yeah. No, you're not. You're just being a jerk. <laughs> right? Like and but it's great though that your wife can share that with you. And um that's it's funny. Uh we Chris and I were just talking about not with the business, but we were we were talking about something and um I didn't even know I did it, right? Like was thought I was helping on something, right? Just I saw a problem, I thought, well, not a big deal. I'll just I'll go help, right? This is something that I thought was not really that big of a deal. But Luckily, right, I've got a partner who is willing to say, like, um, I, I know you did this because you're coming from a good place, but can I share something? And then shared it, and I was like, whoa, 
I didn't even know. Wow. I didn't even think that that's what I was doing. Right. Like she needed to share it. So I, you know, apologize. But then for her to say like, good for her to be able to say like, you actually like railroaded me right there. Right. And I was like, Oh, I thought I was just assisting, you know, like I was just kind of helping. Cause I heard that you had a problem, right? Like guy, guys here, you got a problem. We want to fix it. I want to help fix it. Yeah. And I wasn't like trying to do it because I had my pride in the way. It was more of like, I just saw that thing and I saw my wife struggling. So can I, you know, what can I do? to? I didn't say, what can I do to help? I just thought, Oh, I'll see what I can do to help. And I went in and went behind her and asked how I could help and solved it. And then as I was coming home, she had already made the plan to call and talk to that person to solve it. And they were like, Oh, your husband called and instantly just like flames out of her ears. Right. Like, which I don't, if I, if it was the opposite foot, right? Like if I did that and then she went behind, I would probably feel the same way. Like, well, how dare you? I was going to do that. Right. Like you didn't trust me. Uh, and that's what it was and that's what they feel. And that's maybe not necessarily what happened, but yeah, failure. Right. And I'm glad my partner shared it. Cause now I can say, Ooh, I'm gonna watch that. Right. I can offer suggestions, but maybe I'll just stay out of the way next time. Or maybe I just won't offer suggestions at all and just say, oh, man, that really sucks. Do you need my help? (laughs) Yeah, and that's what you learn, too. Yeah, I I think I have a a similar thing. We've been together so long now when she says to me, uh, I can't talk about this anymore right now. And now because I've failed so much in the past at doing this and I want to fix it. You know, you want to like talk it out. My parents were always like, talk it out, you know, and you never go to bed and angry, you all work it out and everyone's fine then. Even though I don't think that actually happened that way, but you know, that's what they tell you, right? Yeah. You, know, you, should, yeah, no one, you, know, you should never go to bed angry. And then when she tells me that, I'm, I'm like, now, okay, that's fine. I'll let you have your space. We'll talk about when right. you want to talk about it. It's good. Right. You know? But that's what happens when you're 42 and you've been dating for like 15 years now. You know, yeah. it's like there's not, it's, yeah, you just learn over time. And, yeah. Uh, you're just able to walk away and respect each other's space. Well, and also like at the moment as clear as you are of fixing the problem, right? You think you have this great solution. You're just lying to yourself, right? And it's great that your partner is willing to say like, no, 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 really. We need to, we need to pump the brakes a little bit. And yeah, you're right. Like. Would I have done that in my 20s? No. To the bitter end, I would have tried to talk it through, right? Versus now, I'm like, cool, all right, you need a break. And then what's great about it is, is I'm sure you realize, all of us have realized in the room that you're like, actually, that's good. To-. You know, like, at first, you probably don't think it's good because you're like, I'm a man, and we need to fix this, and right? Like this, whatever message you got inside <laughs> telling yourself. But then as you, like, have time, and for me now, it's like, it used to be, it'd take me hours to get there. Now it can take me, like, 30 minutes, and I'm like, it's actually good that we stopped because I actually don't feel as impassioned about that thing that I thought I like really cared about. And then you go back to your partner and you're like, hey, yeah, I don't actually really care that much. I don't know why I fought that, right? Or whatever the thing is that you talk about. And it totally allows you to like let it breathe a little bit. It's almost like opening a wine, a red wine and letting it sit in a decanter. Sometimes it's really good to drink it right away because you want to, but probably better if you just let it like marinate a little bit and sit <laughs> over there. <laughs> so... <laughs> Yes, a lot of learning. Yeah, and you know, if you if you want to solve it, it becomes almost a winning losing thing, right? It becomes a debate, and yeah, you know, you're going back and forth, and you're trying to build a good argument. And sometimes you're like, why am I even trying to like build an argument? I don't even care about this that much. Yeah, and then then you start getting too far down the rabbit hole, and you're like, well, now I gotta win. <laughs> <laughs> and that's the worst arguments. That's what happens, you know, when you both dig in because you're like, I'm gonna win this argument, and you're not gonna change anyone's opinion at that moment when no. it's impassioned. That's not gonna happen. 
No, 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 not at all. <laughs> well, this has been great. I really appreciate you uh, bringing me in here to talk about it. It's yeah, it's just one of those things. It was a it was a re- reminder that I probably, due to my past, all the successes, that it seems like I don't fail. So, and because I've gotten so used to failing and how to fail and okay with failure and adjusting to failure so quickly, it seems like I don't. So that's the, my sister's always had a really hard time with saying like, well, oh, he's right. Like, oh, you're lucky or this happens or this happens. And I, but she doesn't know those micro adjustments. And now that we're older, obviously that she doesn't care about that stuff. But like when we were kids, she did, and I didn't know how to express it. I'd just be mad at her that she thought that way, right? And then, you know, now that we're older, like, we talk about those things. And I say, you know, like, I just made these adjustments constantly. And it wasn't that, you know, because um, so, sometimes it was perceived as I didn't care because I could cut that thing off, right? I could cut it off like it was a limb that was a bad limb and then move on and get to that next thing because that's how my brain worked. But hers wasn't, right? So... Uh, it's been that cool journey of seeing like your siblings different, your parents different, because now you can understand how we're all driven or motivated or how we fight or flight in those moments. So it's kind of fun to think about those a little bit because, you know, they come up in all sorts of situations and it's fun to, I, I, I think it's fun now to like have those conversations with like my sister, whether it's old stuff or new stuff, it's fun to kind of talk about what those things look like and I I push her all the time and I know she doesn't like it but it's like I'll see something happening and she's failing right she's failing at something but I don't call it a failure to her because that's a really bad the way she mentally frames it it's really bad for her so I just say well like hey that didn't work so you know did you think about this this or this or maybe approaching it this way right like just some ideas things that I've done when I've run into that situation and blah 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 and you like it used to be like oh, of course cuz you just have all the answers but now it's like she hears it and she met it you know she i think just women or men are different that way that she marinates and she sits on it and then we can have actually a conversation about it it's actually pretty cool like as you get older i don't know with you guys with your siblings as you get older your conversations are just so much different so much more mature uh and every now and again you revert to being like 10 but like <laughs> that's just family that's but, never gonna go away yeah right it's never gonna go away but but it's always fun because it grows it gets different so i, I like that part of it well charlie thank you so much for sharing uh, all your experiences and uh, having a substantive discussion on failure i enjoy these topics you know i think it's great to to uh delve into them from time to time so for any of you that's that's hung on for the uh remainder of the podcast thank you so much for joining us and uh we'll catch you on another episode of give me some truth you got Advisory services are offered through Walkner Condon Financial Advisors, LLC, a registered investment advisor in the states of Wisconsin and Texas. Clint Walkner, Nate Condon, Jonathan Jordan, and Mitch DeWitt are investment advisor representatives of Walkner Condon. Guests on the podcast are not registered, and their participation in the podcast are limited to unregistered activities and will not be providing any advice that is investment-related, nor should any comments that guests make should be construed as giving investment advice. Content should not be viewed as an offer to buy or sell any securities mentioned or as legal or tax advice. You should always consult an attorney or tax professional regarding your specific legal or tax situation. Walkner Condon Financial Advisors, LLC, is not engaged in the practice of law. Whenever you invest, you are at risk of loss of principal as the market does fluctuate. Past performance is not indicative of future results. 
Purchases are subject to suitability. This requires a review of an investor's objective, risk tolerance, and time horizon. Investing always involves risk and possible loss of capital. Long-term care, estate planning, insurance products, and tax advice are not offered through Walkner Condon Financial Advisors, LLC. Walkner Condon works on a best efforts basis and does not guarantee any results. Past performance does not represent future results. Please see walknercondon.com for additional disclosures.